Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of DChat, a PLU podcast featuring interviews with PLU academic deans and highlighted by questions submitted by PLU alumni. My name is Zach Powers. I work in PLU's Division of Marketing and Communications. Today I'm joined by Dr. Matt Smith, the Dean of the Division of Natural Sciences and an Associate Professor of Biology. Thanks for being here, Matt. Thank you for having me. Can we start just by your sharing a bit about your academic background and what sort of classes you teach or your favorite classes to teach here at PLU and the sort of research that you're interested in? I'd be happy to. So I graduated from Humboldt State University in Northern California. And after a year in kind of biomed firm, uh, I went off to the University of Connecticut where I got my PhD in physiology and neurobiology. And I would classify myself as a neurobiologist. I'm interested in how specifically the hormone estrogen affects the brain. And I teach a number of different courses at PLU, human anatomy and physiology, neurobiology, and in the past I've taught mammalian physiology and in the uh, introductory core. How long have you been at PLU and how long have you been dean of the division? This is now my 16th year at PLU and my sixth and final year as dean. After 10 years at PLU and this opportunity to potentially serve as dean arose, what attracted you to that position? Because as I understand, it's it's not for everybody. You teach a little bit less, but you have more opportunities to impact curriculum and to work with faculty, and it's a much different role. So what made that role an exciting fit for you? You know, when I came here in 2001, I never thought I'd be interested in administration. And I spent four years as department chair of biology. And and after that, I felt there was a need in the division. As you mentioned, uh, not a lot of people like to serve as dean, but I really enjoy the leadership role. I guess my thoughts as being dean is, is similar to a conductor leading an orchestra. You're pretty much right up there in front, quiet, but you're doing your best to make others look real good in what they do. And that's really has been my role over the last six years as dean. So what sort of advice, if you could go back now after six years of doing it and give some advice to yourself stepping into the role, what have you learned or what do you wish you maybe would have got up to speed on quicker? I think uh, communication is key. You got to make sure all that you work with are up to speed with what's going on at the university. I spend a lot of time in meetings and it's important that I spread and communicate that information out to others. I think the other thing is that you need to have a shared vision. Very important. You might have all the ideas in the world of how you might move the university forward, but if they're not shared, you're not going to get anywhere. Can you also clarify what departments comprise the Division of Natural Science? So the Division of Natural Sciences is comprised of six departments, biology, chemistry, computer science, geosciences, physics, and mathematics. And we're housed in both the Reiki Science Center and also the Morgan Center for Learning and Technology. We are also associated with the dual degree engineering program and also environmental studies program, which we have a number of faculty that are um, affiliated with that program. Do you think most of those departments are seeking to prepare students for the same sort of next steps in their journeys? It seems like a lot of the natural science students are looking toward graduate schools, but some students are looking toward going right to work. And it seems like most graduates are hoping to actually work in the sciences. How connected are the end goals of, say, the physics and the biology department, or, or even math- mathematics maybe is more teaching oriented, but 
How do you see the end goals of these departments all being similar or different? So I think all the departments are focused on getting students prepared for the next level of their life, whether it be applying to graduate school, um, a pre-professional health sciences school. Maybe they want to be a physician or a dentist, but also getting them prepared for the workplace. So I was reading online about the values of the natural science division. One that jumped out to me was global responsibility. And I was wondering, how does global responsibility manifest in different science courses at PLU? Well, I think it's very important by the time that students leave uh, PLU, whether they are uh, majors in a discipline within the Division of Natural Sciences or non-majors, because all of our students at PLU have to take a course as part of the general university requirements in natural sciences and also scientific method. And we hope by the time they leave that they are global citizens, responsible global citizens, and they have the understanding to be able to look at a paper and see whether or not a particular story is relevant, uh, let's say, or truthful with regards to any topic you think of, whether it be global climate change, whether it be about food production. That, to me, is really key that they go out in the role being responsible and also understanding what their role is in society, how they can be better stewards of our globe. Is that sort of ethic worked into a lot of, if not most, courses, or is there courses kind of specifically about that in the curriculum of these departments? I think it depends a lot on the course, but you could imagine we have a wonderful program, Environmental Studies, and sure. that is a real key to that. In different ways that we can infuse the importance of students going out, I would say graduates going out and being good stewards, uh, we try to incorporate those in those classes. And that could be a class of mathematics where we talk about how much plastic where we might use and maybe it would be better to, to, to use utensils instead. Our last DChat episode featured humanities dean Kevin O'Brien, who talked about how the humanities department saw itself as preparing students for basically any sort of career or vocation, but being focused on how their students came to critically process the world around them. I'm wondering how is that sort of mentality similar or different from, say, the goals of the PLU physics or chemistry departments? Because it would seem that those programs would have more specific goals around preparing students for graduate school or to become some sort of practitioners of science. We are building our curriculum to be, as you mentioned, practitioners of a given discipline, whether that be physics, uh, whether it be biology, or whether or not it be mathematics. However, I think the value in a PLU education is the fact that students are exposed to the liberal arts, gaining information, being able to take courses in humanities and social sciences. And there are so many uh, challenges that the world currently faces. And I would argue the majority of them, if you think about global change, you think about food production, all require knowledge of the natural sciences. But they also require ethical knowledge, economical knowledge, and all of that is gained from a liberal arts education that a student would obtain at PLU. Broadly speaking, what are some of the differences in the undergraduate experience for students studying natural science at a smaller university like PLU, particularly one like PLU that doesn't have any graduate programs in the natural sciences, versus undergraduates studying at bigger state institutions or just bigger institutions in general that maybe have more research or maybe have a different type of research being done, but that also share space and share resources with graduate students? So first and foremost at PLU, we are instructors, and we came here because we enjoy building relationships with students. 
So I think really the major difference between a place like PLU and a large research institution is class sizes. You really have the opportunity as an instructor when you're teaching, let's say, between 30 and 50 students. You really, and even smaller than that, we have some courses that uh, have 12 to 16 students. You really get that opportunity to get to know your students, and they get to know you. They feel more comfortable coming to your office for office hours to get help. And it's really this, this relationship, this mentoring relationship that is generated. And I think that is so crucial um, in helping students navigate any educational system. And so in that, because students get comfortable meeting with professors, um, et cetera, they uh, feel comfortable, let's say, requesting a letter of recommendation for grad school. I, I still remember, and I'll tell you a brief story. Um, yeah. I still remember a time when a, one of my colleagues from chemistry came by and he said, you know, I just finished teaching a summer class, four weeks long. And I had a student come up to me after that four weeks and said, would you be willing to write a letter of recommendation for me for med school? And my colleague noted, well, you know, I've only known you for four weeks. There's got to be someone else at your institution, your, your home institution, that has gotten to know you over the last three years much better than I've gotten to know you or you've gotten to know me. And that individual said, I have spent more time interacting with you over the last four weeks than anybody at the large institution that I attend. To me, that is really characteristic of PLU. We enjoy working with students. And in doing that, in the, in the small enrollment or population, student population that we have at PLU, we have those opportunities. Another great example is that we have a wonderful um, undergraduate research program during the summer, yeah. which takes 10 weeks. Uh, students get a stipend to work, but they get to work one-on-one, very closely with a faculty mentor. And these are transformative experiences for a lot of students and really um, allow them to make that decision. Do I want to go to grad school or maybe do something else? I serve as the director of the program, and it's so great to watch students working with faculty mentors and seeing their eyes light up as they make discovery. I mean, again, these are novel research projects that they're involved in. It's not something, you know, some kind of recipe that they're following. It's new research, and it's, it's just wonderful to see them get really enthusiastic and engaged with the uh, research project. And after that, they have the opportunity to um, attend a number of different conferences. For example, the uh, chemistry students have the opportunity to attend the American Chemical Society National Meeting to present the results. Mm-hmm. So PLU students in the Division of Natural Sciences really get some incredible experiences during their time here. We'll be right back with alumni questions for Dr. Smith. Can you comfortably talk about the topic of race without fear that you might say the wrong thing? Do you want to learn how to do it better? Well, here's your opportunity. The People's Gathering, a Revolution of Consciousness conference, February 24th at PLU in Tacoma, sponsored by Genesis Housing and Community Development Coalition. Find out more and register at ghcdc.org, ghcdc.org. Welcome back to DChat. We're talking today with Matt Smith, who is the Dean of the PLU Division of Natural Sciences. So I'm going to ask a few questions now that are kind of going to jump all around. I've tried to organize them in somewhat of a logical order, but they're kind of 
to do with a lot of different things. So thanks for your, your patience going into this thing. Our first question is from Matthew Peters, who's a 2014 grad and currently a medical student at University of Washington. And his question is, why do you think PLU has been so successful in producing graduates with high success rates in medical school admission? What makes PLU's preparation unique for these individuals? We offer some wonderful courses and high standards, very challenging, but we also give them support. And in doing so, uh, we prepare them for that next stage of life, whether it be medical school, dental school, PA school. In that uh, process, they have to take graduate school kind of test, might be the MCAT, the uh, DAT, and and I think we prepare them well for that. Um, But I would say that the reason why we have been so successful is because PLU attracts those students that want to serve others through their lifetime. Hmm. And they've already started to do that in high school. They continue to do that in college. And when their application comes in front of a mission committee of medical school or dental school, they shine because they've seen all that they've been doing to serve others, whether it be participating in uh, Habitat for Humanity, whether it might be helping out at a, uh, as a volunteer at a hospital. Our students really come in here wanting to do that. And, and I think that's why we're so successful. You know, I'll tell you another story is that um, several years ago, I went to a pre-medical advising meeting at the University of Washington. And a couple of the health sciences advisors from other institutions came up to me and said, what's your secret? And as wow. I said, I, I, I think our secret is the students that we attract to PLU. They are, as I already said, um, want to serve others. They care for others. And that shows up in their application. That's really cool. Nicholas Evan Larkey, a 2012 grad and another biology major, asks, with the recent addition of the Quig Greenhouse, how has that been integrated into the biology lab curriculum and possibly other departments? Great question. We have been so, so pleased with the uh, construction and now the use of the Quig uh, Greenhouse. It has been a wonderful addition. Prior to that, in 2009, the biology department made a decision that we felt that students should be more exposed to plants and now require all of our students before they graduate to uh, take a course in botany one upper division course. It could be plant diversity and distribution. It could be economic and cultural botany. Um, The problem was that is that we really had no way of housing specimens. They were kind of scattered all over the Reiki Science Center. Uh, We had really kind of makeshift closets where we grew plants and all that, and it just didn't work. You can imagine a a space the size of a a small closet and and, uh, growing plants in there and having students go in there and and having to water them. So the addition has been wonderful. Not only are we building a standing botanical collection so that we can show off the diversity of plants, but we are also um, allowing students to generate their own experiences, our experiments, that it was something that was really tough to do in the cramped areas that we had in the Reiki science prior to the um, construction of the uh, a greenhouse. Other departments, I don't think that's being utilized as much as I would like, but I could imagine environmental studies getting involved in that. I think we're also going to be reaching out to the uh, community garden because you could imagine that they could use the greenhouse to get plants started. I had another question around technology and also the expectations of potential employers or graduate schools, which is, 
maybe in the last 15 or so years, have expectations evolved so far as what natural science graduates are expected to know how to use and with research tools and computers and different sort of technology that as a political science and comm student, I don't really know what those technologies would be. But I'm wondering if that adds to the demand of a a four-year curriculum because you still have to study all those kind of fundamentals of these disciplines, but the technology is growing and evolving and how that affects preparing students for whatever's next. Well, in terms of technology, I guess I would answer that question in that the power of computing is just become exponential and how it affects a number of disciplines in the division of natural sciences, biology, chemistry. Um, We start hearing about these terms computational biology, computational chemistry, because we can do so much. Uh, One of the things that, especially with biologists that are faced with is just a huge amount of data. How do you make sense of that? You can uh, do so much now with advances, but you have all this data in front of you, and you have to make meaning of it, and you have to be able to visualize it in a way that it's going to be meaningful to others. And so I, I would argue that as a division, one of the things that we need to be moving towards is getting uh, students more savvy with um, computing. And last year, uh, the Department of Computer Science uh, started a new class, and that is an introduction to computational data science. Hmm. Again, understanding how computing plays a role in different disciplines, not only in the natural sciences, but plays a role in sociology. Uh, it plays a role in economics. Uh, the data science, again, is that, that part where you have all this information that you have to play with. And, and being able to make meaning of it is, is so important. So I, I, would, I would argue that we as a, a faculty make sure that we're keeping our classes relevant and we're infusing into those, being able to uh, do, for example, uh, modeling of different ecological situations. So that, that is something that I know my colleagues are w- working on. Stina Troyer asked our final alumni question. She's a 2012 grad and a bio major. And her question is, how is the biology department and the environmental science department and other departments across campus taking action to teach and even combat climate change? That's a very good question. I think um, that topic is really well embedded into the environmental studies program. And as you know, that is a discipline, a program in which they pull from a number of departments across campus, not only in the natural sciences, social sciences, humanities, for example. What are we doing? Um, Again, I think the most important thing we can do is educate students to be able to decipher through different articles, newspapers, um, and to be able to make a judgment on, you know, whether or not, which I indeed believe, that global climate change is a, a, a real big problem. You know, one of the things that I'm really pleased to to mention is that in March, actually on the 9th of March, we're having a a speaker come for the inaugural Rachel Carson Science, Technology, and Society lecture. And his name is Dr. James Anderson, and he is from Harvard University, and his talk is going to be on the economics and the science and politics of global climate change. Interesting. we're going to have the opportunity for students to interact with him. Um, we're going to invite people from outside campus because he is really a, a well-known expert in the matter. And the more that we can um, get this message out of what this our globe is faced with, it is so, so critical. 
My final question that I've been posing to all of the deans that come on this program is, what can alumni do to get involved with the natural science division or maybe their specific department that they studied um, or and majored in? Is that a difficult or easy process with the natural sciences? Are there natural opportunities for mentorship or relationship building with students or providing resources for faculty? What would you recommend to folks who maybe want to uh, get back involved? I would uh, encourage you to reach out to the department chairs um, and talk to them about how you might get involved. Many of the departments, uh, whether it's biology or chemistry or even computer science, have uh, guest speakers that come on campus and present, whether it's about their job or research that they've been conducting. And I, I think it gives our students a real understanding of what they can do once they leave PLU. So it's really bringing your talents back to campus and helping um, our students understand what they can do with a PLU degree. I think the other thing would be is that uh, we have career connections on campus, um, and there's a way that you can sign up through a program that uh, you can let that office know how you might be able to aid students, whether it's mentoring them, possibly letting you letting a student shadow you in your medical practice or being willing to read over resumes. There's a lot of ways that you can contribute back to PLU. Well, that's all the time we have in the program. So Dr. Matt Smith, Dean of the Division of Natural Science, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. For more PLU podcasts, subscribe to PLU Audio on iTunes or visit plu.edu slash audio.